sell What's the that? King of Price White, and we do day. service the That's King of Price White. King of Price, Randy, Mary, and Statesville.com. Starting with sunshine, but you'll notice clouds on the increase as we work our way through our Wednesday. Still a chilly day of weather with highs in the upper 40s and low 50s. And while clouds will be on the increase, will still mainly stay dry. Although a sprinkle or a stray shower, even a flurry, can't be totally ruled out this evening and tonight. Those clouds will start to break apart. A partly cloudy sky overnight as temperatures drop back down to around freezing. Sunshine is back and another chilly day on the way for our Thursday. And that's your forecast. From the WSIC Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chase Myers. Well, good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Rail Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, surrounded, uh, streaming worldwide from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, to Malden, South Carolina, population 25,654. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. My guest today is Douglas Marion. He was the 2023, or I guess still is the 2023, Lake Norman Chamber Board Chair Jeff Tart, the 2024 Lake Norman Board Chair, and the 2024 Lake Norman Chamber Membership Chair Rod Beard. Producer in the other room, Bill Blakely. Uh, Bill, every New Year, Susan and I come up with this little game about what is your word for the year. So in the past, for with me, it's been perseverance or commitment. Uh, this year is determined what is your word for 2024? Uh, that's actually a fantastic question. Oh, my volume's a little low. Uh, that's a fantastic question. I'm going to have to say uh, survive comes to comes to mind. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the morning show, but uh, it, it gets a little outrageous. So I, I just hope we make it through another year. <laughs> Douglas, what's your, what's your word for 2024? Well, that's a good one. Uh, I think I would just say onward. <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> Jeff what is your word yeah I'm going with our second priority for the chamber and applies to a lot of things and that's connect connect Rod Beard well, Bill stole mine because at my age it's every year is survive another year so <laughs> survive <laughs> um, I, I alluded to Malden South Carolina a little while ago population 25,000 plus people. Uh, Rod Beard, you were on the town board in Malden, I think, two terms? Yes. Town council? Uh, city council. City council? Yep, yep. Uh, in the early 90s through the mid-90s until I moved to North Carolina, Lake Norman, I had to resign midterm to move here to be with my wife. So I gave up politics at that point. So two terms as a city councilman, and you served three terms as a city councilman. Uh, as mayor. Well, yeah, as mayor of the town, yeah. Correct. And then three terms as, as North Carolina senator. I did. I was telling Rod Beard, I, I don't know that any of y'all are even aware, when I was the executive director of this Tri-County Regional Chamber of Commerce, um, the man who was the Randy Marion of that area was Jim Bilton. Hmm. And Jim Bilton pulled me into his office and said, uh, we want you to run for town board in St. George. I said, well, I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm the Chamber of Commerce executive. He said, I've talked to your board. They've approved it. <laughs> and I'm, I said, I really, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, it was 70% minority. Yep. Uh, needless to say, I didn't win that election. 2,000 people in the town of St. George, actually 1,800 in the town of St. George at the time. Um, literally in my district, because it was by districts, it was like 400 people living there. I was able, over three Saturdays, canvassed all of the houses in three Saturdays, but still lost that election. So, um, so when are you running for office, Douglas? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> well, it's funny because my family has a big history of running in South Carolina. My dad's from, and his family's all from Ainer. But it's you guys run it in big, big circles because Ainer's about 600 people total. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, we lost Kelly Arborough this weekend. He's from good old Timminsville, uh, which if you blink when you go through the crossroads, you miss the town, so... Well, back in my day, Malden was only 12,000, so it's more than doubled since I've been well, gone. So, <laughs> <laughs> Because you've been gone? Probably. <laughs> that, that's a big reason, yeah. Well, Douglas, last year I haven't even had the chance to share these stats with you. We had 52 ribbon cuttings, and you were probably at 51 of them, yes, <laughs> Rod Beard. Yes, uh, 52 ribbon cuttings, 33 professional development seminars, 98 networking events. That's, that's literally two networking events a week. Uh, at the chamber, Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, Douglas, as the 2023 board chair, what are what are you most proud of that we accomplished? Well, I, I mentioned my word being onward, kind of as a joke, because our uh, 
our slogan for the year was onward and upward. And really it was coming out of, you know, a couple of uh, tough years um, in 2020 and 2021. And then uh, wanted to make sure that we had a really good growth year. Uh, we got back to all of our programming, our fundraising, uh, getting things involved with the community again, <clears throat> getting uh, members re-engaged, just that uh, some that had just ha haven't come back yet. So uh, I think that's one of the main things that w points out to me is the programming. Uh, in order for us to keep it very strong, to get everyone back uh, back to work and back out in the community and, and networking. Jeff, you were, again, former mayor three times. We had 34 ribbon cuttings in 2019. This year, 52 ribbon cuttings, almost doubled the amount of ribbon cuttings. Uh, what does that say as a former mayor? It says somebody better be sharpening the scissors. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable amount yes. of activity going yeah. on, number of businesses. And we know the Lake Norman region's always been a growth spot. It attracts businesses, attracts families. You know, a kind of our slogan's always been, it's a great place to live, work, and play. And it really is, as those of us that have been here a long time, I've been here over 32 years, is the growth is phenomenal, and it's a spectacular place to raise a family. And Rod, I wouldn't be in facetious. You, you of the fifty-two, I bet you were at fifty or fifty-one of those ribbon cuttings, and the excitement when you see uh, a, somebody with a, their new business, whether it's retail service, and they're opening up their business for the first time, and seeing the excitement on their face. Many times, they've got their staff and their family behind them. Uh, it's just some kind of experience. I'm just so thrilled to be there to be a part of it because I support small business. Because I want people to smoke, support our small business also. But my number one thing is we got to support each other and help each other. And I'm thrilled to be at those events. It's a lot of fun. And it lets that business owner know that they have the support of other small business in the town. Douglas, I've asked this question, I think, before, but why did you join the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce when you did? You've been a member for some time. I have. I've been coming to uh, chamber events um, probably for 12 or 13 years now. And uh, really, it was to get more connected to our community, like Rod's talking about. It's supporting a community that supports us. Um, I launched my business, current business in 2012 and uh, became a lot more active in the chamber since then. And that really... That helped me build my business um, for the first five years or so is really getting connected to the community. And the chamber was a huge part of that. So if I'm speaking from the business owner behalf, that's one of the easiest uh, ways and really, in all honesty, uh, one of the least expensive ways to get as much uh, exposure as possible is getting to know other business owners in the area and networking and just getting to know people on a relationship level one-on-one -on -one and um you know, having an, an organic growth um, coming from the chamber aspect of it, it was uh, getting results and staying engaged. You're only going to get out of it what you put into it. So if you're if you're really putting stuff into it, you remain engaged. You build a lot of relationships, a lot of people that you know, like and trust, and um, that's what really attracted me to the chamber from inception and has what has kept me in the chamber for so many years. And you probably just answered that, but if you're a business in, whether it's in Cabarrus County or Mooresville or Troutman, um, Denver or Statesville, why should you join the Chamber of Commerce? You should definitely join the Chamber of Commerce just, again, to be engaged. Um, it's one of the easiest ways to be engaged. I remember uh, years ago having um, uh, someone call our office and just uh, ask to speak with me. And um, they ended up becoming a client. And I, I said, well, out of curiosity, the vast majority of our clients know us. Uh, they're referred to us. They are our clients, our clients' families, et cetera. And he said, well, I just went on the Chamber of Commerce website, and you were listed right there and found your phone number and gave you a call. Right. So uh, there is exposure from a business owner just being in the directory alone. But once you factor in all the programs and getting, uh, getting more involved, that's where, to me, the value is. Well, and when we come back uh, from our break, we're going to talk about a little bit about what your business is, what you do, because you're you're in finance, and I want to talk about the market and some of the things going on. And then, Jeff, we, you're the incoming chamber chair. We want to talk about that as well. So for those of you who are listening to us today, please come back on the other side of the break to Town Talk. For those of you who are streaming on all of our devices, whether you're on Facebook or X, which used to be Twitter, we don't refer to it Twitter anymore, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, wherever you're watching this, thank you for joining us. Uh, we normally take this time to talk about some of the Chamber of Commerce activities. 
Next week, Tuesday, January 9th, 8.30 to 10, we're going to have our female networking group, which is called WINS. It's going to feature Salonia Baskins, and she's with Progressive Business and Finance. And Salonia has been very active as a Chamber of of Commerce ambassador, and she's going to discuss the many products out there available to a small business. And then on Thursday the 19th, from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock, the Chamber is going to host a professional development program. We talked about having so many of them last year, 32. Well, uh, we're going to have business coach David Dowdy. He is going to be uh, doing a goal-setting seminar, Gain Clarity and Get Unstuck. Uh, Of course, he is with Action Coach, and uh, this is ideal for area small business owners and managers as they set up their goals for 2024. And it's going to take place at the Chamber, but RSVP is required. Um, You have attended a lot of our professional development seminars over the years, um, what are you getting out of those seminars that we host, Rod? It's uh, at my age, you never, you still don't ever want to stop learning. I don't know everything about business. Talking with Jeff, I, he he outranks me ten times. I love talking to him. <laughs> Seth Douglas, you know, the financial world. There's, I'm, I'm an expert in one thing. I'm not expert in a lot of things, so I always learn from the professional development. So even at 73, I can learn from these events. That's why I attend them. Uh-huh. Have you already got your goals set for uh, advanced? We do. Uh, we'll we'll uh, be doing our quarterly, um, or would be the annual uh, review goal meeting next week. Okay, so. Rod Charlotte Payroll got your got your goals all set. Or are you still making them? We are still making them. I just gave the president uh, our convention budget for the year. That's got to be approved. We do a lot of our business through attending conventions and conferences as exhibitors. So we got eight of those already planned for this new year. Uh, we just we just came off back to back record years for growth for, for our company. So yeah. we're very excited about the future. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Charlotte Payroll in just a minute. For those of you who are watching us uh, on many of our social platforms, we're going to go back live in just a few seconds. But thank you for watching us on all your streaming devices. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. My guest today is Jeff Tart. He is the 2024 board chair of the Chamber of Commerce, Douglas Marion, who was the 2023 chairman. And we got Rod Beard, who is the Lake Norman Chamber membership chair. Before we went to break, we were talking about why you got involved in the Chamber of Commerce. Tell me, what is your business and, and what do you do, Douglas? Sure. I uh, started a business a little over a decade ago. I've been in, in the industry for about 18 years, uh, since 2005. And um, started Advanced Wealth Strategies here in Cornelius. We're right down the street on West Catawba Avenue. Uh, have always been there. And um, <clears throat> we're an independent, comprehensive financial planning firm. Um, the primary benefit of that uh, value is that we're completely independent. So uh, we don't, we're not owned by any bank or any insurance company or anything like that. We do what's in the client's best interest. Uh, we've got a, five advisors on staff and then another uh, 10 to 12 support staff behind us. Jeff, the Chamber of Commerce is the voice of business, both the small business community and the corporate investors that we have. You are a state senator. What difference does the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce make in Raleigh at Town Hall down at the county? Sure, it's interesting. Now, I grew up around the chamber because I grew up in a small town. My dad was in the chamber. TV repair shop, of all things, and a boat repair shop. So chamber's been in uh, the family, if you will, forever. As far as the chamber's voice and the impact in Raleigh, it is, will surprise most people, it's significant. Uh, when we would run anything that's commerce or business related, usually the, if it's not the first, it's the second question raised by the chair is what's the chamber's position in that community, in that region, or even statewide? So the voice is critically important. For those who are running, the chamber actually ranks and rates all the members of the Senate and the House based on how they support small business and businesses throughout the state. And it's a coveted ranking to be a chamber business champion. Um, Jeff, oftentimes I I hear from folks uh, when when we state our position on things, well, the chamber is always for this. And that's not always the case because we we oppose the CMS bonds in 2017 when we was $900 million and we were not really getting anything for North Mecklenburg. Uh, we opposed the towns buying Adelphia. We didn't think that was a good thing for the the, the towns to get into the bit cable business. We uh, we opposed raising the sales tax during this, this last economic climate. 
regardless of whether it was for transit, roads, education, didn't matter. We were against raising taxes, but to sales taxes. We were opposed to the privileged license fee, which is the business tax. Um, share a little bit of your perspective on that. Uh, what's the What's the due diligence the chamber goes through to, to make sure that it supports any type of endeavor? Well, first of all, the litmus test is really clear cut and simple, and that is, is it good for our, our businesses? Uh, it, it, that literally is the first hurdle you go through. And then it's to get into the issues like the sales tax. Let's understand how's it being applied. What is it going to be used for? Who does it impact? Who pays it? Does everybody pay it? I mean, there's a great deal of homework that's done before we take a position to advocate on something. And again, bottom line, it's ultimately coming back to some of it will be uh, subjective, but a lot of it's empirical data that we look at to say, again, will this benefit our businesses and help them uh, grow and prosper. Douglas, a couple of things that we supported last year. Uh, we certainly supported Phase 2 of Burkdale. We supported the Mills Market. Um, we supported uh, the North State Development the year before. Why were those programs, projects, so important for downtown development, or why did the Chamber of Commerce support those projects? I would say because of what Jeff just said, is is it, how does it impact our business community, and is it positive or negative? Uh, in those projects that we were uh, for, they had a um, what we felt was a very positive impact on the rest of the small business community. A lot of people want to talk about traffic or increased population or things like that, but at the end of the day, is it really uh, impacting the current citizens that live and work there, or does it have an overall positive impact for the small business community that we represent? And we feel that a lot we have a lot of retail and a lot of very small businesses in our community. It's not a ton of you know big box stores and and um, you know, huge franchises, it's a lot of mom and pop places. And those places need more roofs. They need people to come and buy their uh, goods and services. And so we feel that uh, those projects in particular were going to bring people to the right area uh, that needs redevelopment. And um, the Mills Market, for example, is right in downtown Cornelius. Well, downtown Cornelius is, is, uh, needs to be redeveloped. Uh, a lot of people don't like the word redevelopment, but uh, we're being left behind when we look at the growth of the other Lake Norman town communities with Cornelius in particular. It's the slowest growth or no growth uh, in our specific town here when we compare ourselves to, say, Mooresville or Davidson or Huntersville. Um, so that one project in and of itself will bring more doors, but it also bring more patrons to our small businesses. And it's also going to be, in our opinion, a catalyst for continued redevelopment of uh, an area of town that we feel like needs it. Doug, Douglas made a really good point that I just want to reemphasize. I mean, it's critically important is that we have a very uh, specific uh, constituency and we have a very specific purpose to advocate for on their behalf and their benefit. What we often find with even some of the business owners, but particularly residents around the area want us to in a sense, drift outside of our sphere of responsibility and kind of go outside the lane. And we don't do that. We stick to the things that are specific to the business and don't get into social issues, don't get into um, issues, again, that don't impact our business owners. Yeah, I saw on social media something very much to that point that said, uh, why is it the Chamber advocating for the citizens? Well, we're not the Chamber of Citizens, we're the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> right. you know, yep. and, and it's yep. exactly what yep. you just talked about. Um, I, 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 meant, I mentioned Burkdale. Uh, certainly last year we saw that they were trying to make some changes, didn't get through the town board, certainly going to come back up this coming year. Um, many of the changes they were trying to make, Mecklenburg County, you know, it was, it was kind of slow going, making some of those changes. Working with the county is not an easy process. They move at a snail's pace. Uh, have you been down to Burkdale and seen some of the things, the ice skating and some of the things they've introduced? I was in Burkdale this weekend. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in Burkdale all the time. I mean, it's like our backyard. It's nice for shopping. It's convenient for, you know, meals, lunch, whether that's at Ease or Bricks or wherever. Uh, shopping for Warby Parker and getting sun or glasses. I mean, there, there's just a lot going on. There's business offices uh, and space down there. So, and it's changing. I mean, and updating. I was in Cheesecake Factory, the brand new restaurant we just opened. Um, I forget uh, Apple. I got a brand new computer that came in on the second. <laughs> uh, so I had to go down and pick it up. And it, it is marvelous having the Apple store here instead of South Park. 
Rod, did you get a chance to go down to Burtdale any of, of the Christmas season? I did not. No. Okay. No. I'm not the shopper. I don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. My wife does everything. So. Well, I do want to qualify that I am not a shopper either. I'm what's referred to by my wife as a purchaser and spender. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas, did you make it down there? Uh, we did not. Uh, we went to several of the other ones, like the North Mecklenburg Parade, and um, mm. just went around town, went, went to a few different uh pumpkin festivals and things like that for the fall. I went down there and I was watching the kids. Well, it wasn't just kids. It was adults, too. They were ice skating out there. Some of the folks coming, sitting on Santa's lap and and just everything taking place in Burtdale. It was just fantastic. Um, and uh, made my stop by Kilwins. Always, I always got to go by Kilwins yep. and get my fudge and the kilted buffalo. It was uh, it, it was just really seeing the activity and the vibrance of Burkdale and what's going on down there. And I'll throw in just a plug for North American Properties, which are the landholders and the business responsible for bringing and keeping Burkdale current. And they are committed uh, to our region and to the businesses that are uh, located in Burkdale. So they've done a spectacular job keeping it vibrant. We were talking about uh, some of the accomplishments of 2023. And we talked about the role of the Chamber of Commerce when it comes to advocacy. One of the really shining stars of our chamber has been our Focus Fridays. Uh, we used to do it purely in person at the Chamber of Commerce. We'd have a speaker come in on a Friday, on the third Friday, and speak. We might have 20 people there. When COVID happened, we took that to a virtual. And because we took it virtual, we were able to bring in speakers from throughout the state. Talk about Focus Friday in 2020, actually 2022 and 2023 that you've introduced. Yeah, Focus Friday was fun to be involved with. Uh, we do it as a kind of quasi-podcast, uh, basically public figures for probably 90% of the time, and occasionally we'll have a CEO of a major corporation or company come in. But we've had the attorney generals, we've had both U.S. Uh, senators, we've had state senators, we've had education chairs, we've had the Speaker of the House uh, you know, and the list goes on and on. It's insurance commissioner, many of the council of state, the state auditor, which is kind of an interesting office. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> uh, so, you know, by them not having to travel across the state to come to us, most of them are willing to spend an hour with us to share what they're doing. And again, how it impacts the business uh, community from their position and the things that they're doing in the various offices. And we're looking forward to doing that going forward. And because of Zoom, we're able to record it and we put it on YouTube. So the Chamber's YouTube channel out there, we, we have all of the Focus Fridays from the last three years. Yeah, it, it, it's able to go back to, and there's some that are worth actually going back to view because they <clears> stay <throat> current in terms of the issues that are being covered. Uh, Beth Cashin will be our incoming public policy chair, and she's working on a tremendous lineup already uh, we're going to have, and we may be talking about a little bit later, but Senator Sawyer and Representative uh, John Bradford are going to be on this month. And then we've got the uh, local mayors from the Lake Norman area uh, for the month after. So lots of good stuff coming up to stay current. And of course, she carries a cash and name, but talk about Beth, some of her background and qualifications. Yeah, it starts with uh, as a small child up in the Mount Airy area. <laughs> and I say that because her, a lot of people don't realize her father was a state <clears throat> senator. Uh, she comes from the Folger family background, but the Cashin family are really kind of like Knox's and some of the overcashes and some of the other families of the region have been here for literally hundreds of years and are really the pillars and founding families of Lake Norman. They, a lot of us know, have the local convenience stores and gas stations that uh, her husband, Bobby's brother, Gordon, now runs. Bobby runs a financial background. Beth's been involved. She was a town board member in Davidson, uh, has been local businesses, and now she's working in the political arena uh, doing a number of things with candidates and things. She's she's just a wealth of resource and knowledge. Very engaged on a lot of local boards as well. Um, when we get back, we're going to talk about your your year coming up and the retreat that you just had, uh, some of the issues that the Chamber of Commerce will tackle. So uh, stay with us on the other side of this break. We'll be right back on Town Talk. Jeff, you mentioned the upcoming Focus Friday, which is January 19th. That's the third Friday, 8.30. We do have Senator Vicki Sawyer. She is going to be in person. Uh, Representative Bradford, he is running for another seat. Uh, you want to share what, what Je John is running for? Sure. I'm going to tease it up 
a little bit by mentioning that uh, Senator Sawyer is actually the chair of the Transportation <clears throat> Committee. So that's a very, very important role. John, stepping away from the House, is the third-ranking member and chair of the Finance Committee in the House, but is going to uh, throw his hat in, and he's going to run for Congress, U.S. House, in the 8th District. Uh, it's something I know he's always wanted to do. His family's politically oriented. He's from South Carolina originally, and um, very successful. One of our local businesses, he's actually had two that he started from scratch and built into multi-million dollar businesses that have become literally national uh, businesses. So he, having someone like that, that's a business owner that's signed the front of the paycheck and not just the back uh, is something well needed in uh, Washington, D.C. And I know you met with Beth, and uh, you've planned out uh, a, a few of the upcoming Focus Fridays. Uh, the next Focus Friday in February will be? The uh, three town mayors. So it'll be uh, Mayor Knox in Davidson, uh, Mayor Washam in Cornelius, and um, Mayor Bales, uh, or, or Mayor uh, Clark now. Oops, sorry, don't pound the table. <laughs> I just got smacked in the back of the head for doing that. And I'm just kidding. But yes, and then Mayor Clark uh, in Huntersville. Uh, Christy was elected. Uh, and everybody's actually really excited about the new town board. It's completely changed over in Huntersville. It stayed, it was a kind of a mix in Cornelius, and then the appointments for the board were completed uh, in Davidson since they didn't really have to vote because nobody would oppose them because they've had a really outstanding board the last few years. So uh, they're rewarded with another term. You know, Justin Gazeppes has asked me, did I have any concerns? Because you had a complete shift in terms of, of town of Huntersville. Um, it's not a partisan race, but we elected a Democratic mayor and, and six Democratic commissioners. Completely. Um, but I, I, I tend to look at it that I really do believe that they're going to really look at the 20, 2040 code. And they're going to try to determine what projects, what development fits the character of that community. And they'll approve it or, or not approve it because of the 2040 plan and what they feel like will, will be of value to the town. You know, it's interesting because we were very engaged in monitoring the uh elections, uh, reviewing and doing homework on every single candidate in all three communities, and and, and then also the fourth community in Mooresville. And I'm telling you, the uh, voters did a great job. They've selected outstanding people who uh, I believe have a commitment to doing what they believe is right for the community. And this is going to probably come across the wrong way, but, uh, you know, no wackos. Well, we got people that actually are, we should serve the town well. And a couple of the issues the chamber got behind. Uh, first off, uh, we supported the CMS bond package. Uh, some some folks criticized the chamber, saying that's too large of a chamber, uh, too large of a of a bond. Um, but quite honestly, the two point five trillion dollars really doesn't address all of the needs we we have in our region. Not not even close. It is a big number. I put it in perspective. When the first tranche of money comes out of that bond in twenty twenty six, it will ha the CMS bond will be a larger general obligation bond of one school district in the entire states. Well, those of you who are streaming with us, we're going back live in just a second. Thanks for joining us on Town Talk. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell. Uh, Douglas Marion is here with us. He is president of Advanced Wealth Strategies, in addition to being involved with the Chamber of Commerce. Jeff Tart, who is a candidate for North Carolina State Auditor, and we're going to get to that in a minute. And... The membership chair, Rod Beer, but you're also the vice president for business development at Charlotte Payroll. But Rod, I want to focus still on the Chamber of Commerce. What are we going to see different in 2024 than we might have seen in 2023 in terms of membership? We had 98 networking events last last year. We had 52 ribbon cutting events last year. We had Focus Fridays. We had all these roundtable discussions. <clears throat> you and Leslie have done a marvelous job creating the opportunities for the membership to grow and learn and network. Our focus is to get the members more involved and connected to those events. Uh, we're going to use the resources that we have. We're going to reach out and touch every member that joined over the last three years over this coming year. We're going to start delivering, hand-delivering uh, uh, new member packages, and we're going to use our – we have a wonderfully active ambassador group, over 20 folks that are dedicated to the chamber and to small business in this, in this community. They are going to be our tool – to make those contacts. We want to make sure the members know what's going on and that they actively start participating. We want a goal of retention of membership this year of 10 to 
Roger, you mentioned Leslie, who is one of our vice presidents on staff, um, and myself. We're welcoming tomorrow Brett Hicks uh, to come on staff. Brett is formerly with the chamber. He was there two years before I got there. I came out of App State uh, and started there in 1994 and did a couple of years before he went into real estate with Allen Tate and then uh, a couple of county gigs with Lincoln County and, and zoning administrator and downtown development. So we're looking uh, forward to Brett coming and uh, getting involved in the chamber. I want to ask you, Rod, why did you join the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Lake Norman Chamber in particular? When we have our new member orientation uh, throughout the year, I always tell them that I've been a member of the Chamber for about 112 years now. <laughs> <laughs> I was a member back when Bill Russell had dark hair, by the way, so <laughs> I've been around a lot. Everybody joins the Chamber because they want to grow their business. That's a primary purpose of joining the Chamber, but my view is added to that. I want to participate in our community. I want to know what's going on. I want to help small business. If I don't participate and help small business, I don't have any right to expect those small businesses to support us. So for me, it's more about participation. The business is going to come because everybody knows us now. So I don't worry about the business. I like to support other businesses. Rod, you've been uh, involved with a lot of different chambers. I know you were Charlotte Chamber, Mooresville Chamber, a lot of chambers. Yep. What yep. makes the Lake Norman Chamber different than any other chamber you've been in? The excitement that we generate through the programs. Nobody does what, what you do and what Leslie is able to do. And through the volunteer help, you can't do it alone. There's a lot of volunteers to help make this happen. But this chamber is far more active than any chamber that I've ever seen. You know, you, you mentioned the membership orientation a little while ago, and uh, as something that you said to those that attended last time, because we had about 30 or 35 people at the last new member orientation, and you talked about why that sometimes we don't see businesses renewing their membership. Yep. Why, do, yep. why do businesses generally not renew? The number one reason we get, and this is more than 90% of the time when we lose a member, is I didn't get anything out of it. I don't need the chamber anymore. Well, that, that's not what it is. I always come back to them, well, what did you give to the chamber? What did you participate in? Well, I didn't really go to anything last year. Well, you got what you earned. If you, if you stay in a cave, you, it is about the only way you miss the uh, chamber and what's going on. <laughs> yes. I will tell you, under your leadership, Douglas, and what you guys have done is, and you just went through just a partial list of things. I mean, it is not any more impressive from the connectivity and activity. And my hat's off to you. These are shoes that I do not necessarily look forward to filling this coming year and trying to meet the same standard. But it is, and this is gonna sound, again, a little bit strange, but if you wanna get connected and you wanna be involved in your community, whether it's business, after hours, things that you're doing, you know, we are the place to be. We literally are. Yeah, I tell the new members, I said, if, if you join this chamber just to see what you can get out of it and expect people to bust your doors down just because you're a chamber member, you're probably not going to renew next year because you're not doing anything to earn that trust, no like that we talk about a lot. You have to participate. Salonia and Sam Baskins are an excellent example for that. I was having dinner. My daughter came up to visit. And we were out to dinner, and Salonia came over to our table. and She started talking. She said, you were the first chamber member we met last year. You gave us the best advice that we ever have gotten since we've been here. Get out, get involved, get to know people. And that's what they've done. They go to everything. And she said, that's the number one piece of advice that we ever got. You know, Douglas, oftentimes at the new member orientations, I tell folks that the chamber is not unlike a, a Goals membership, Goals gym or YMCA that, you know, it's this time of the year, you're going to see people pack. I mean, it's they're going to be at the fitness gym. They're working out. They got those resolutions going and they're, they're, they're down there just about every day. And then you get into February and you don't see quite as much of the activity. And then they're coming like three times a week versus every day. And then we get to June and they're like once a week. And by August, they're not really coming in at all. And by the end of the year, they go like, well, that membership's not doing anything for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you don't come, if you don't attend network events, you don't attend any programming, you, you don't go to any professional development, there's not a whole lot we can do for you. But how we're the same like the Y is the YMCA will take care of kids. Sometimes they can't afford to go to the Y. They have the outreach programs. And so the Chamber's advocacy, and it goes back to you, Jeff, even if you're not participating, even if you don't go to a single Chamber of Commerce event, your membership's working for you because you're out there and 
you're the voice of the community and you're making things happen on a local county and state level and nationally. Sure. It's a good thing. It, it, it's, we sat here and we talked to, we're kind of blue in the face and we'll, everybody, oh, nah, I don't see it. Just get involved. Do it for a little while and find the things that you have an interest in because you can't do it all. That's the flip side. I mean, you can actually go the other side. I've seen people get burned out because they're trying to be at everything, every event. It's not possible. There's just too much we do. Jeff, we had your board retreat uh, just a couple of months ago, and we talked about some of the biggest issues the Chamber of Commerce was going to get behind. Tell me about what 2024 looks from from your perspective. Sure. Well, as we did a formal retreat, we did some actual structural planning exercises. And the, one of the outgrowths of that is the prioritization of things we're going to focus on in the coming year. And I just happened to have that list with me. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and there it was about t- almost 20 items that we identified that we're going to need to work on. And obviously narrowed it down to, as I see, kind of the top 10. We did it on a polling structure. So it's a weighted polled vote by the executive board has set this priorities, not you or myself, obviously. And the first three come out to be what we do with branding, competition and relevance. So we do pay attention to staying relevant, not being stale. Uh, How do we address uh, being a vibrant uh, organization? Connectivity, which we talked briefly about, but how do we connect our members uh, how do we connect the board? How do we connect into our community? Um, and then program. Programming is the heart and soul of what we do. And I'm pretty sure based on what you've done over the years, Bill, because you really have driven that. It's one thing for the, the board helps set that agenda, set those, identify the needs in the community. But you and the staff of the chamber are responsible for executing. I, the board is not the day-to-day running the organization. We are literally uh, a uh, executive board, but you guys are responsible for, for delivering and it's been marvelous. And that's why we're trying to, if, if maybe you could help us today, we're trying to identify the location. You want the 35 uh, foot bronze statue of Bill Russell, where you would like that <laughs> placed in town, uh, whether we, you know, so that we do want to try well, to Well, we've that. already talked about there's going to be a Lake Norman. What was it? A Lake Norman monument with faces on it, Bill? <laughs> oh yeah. we got the Mount Rushmore. Mount, Mount Rushmore of yep. Cornelius. The Mount Rushmore <laughs> of, of, but I already said uh, this morning uh, that uh, uh, Nanny Potts and, and Bob Cashin are somewhere on that, on that monument. They're both good people. Know them uh, both well. Miss Miss Robert and Nanny. Um, Nanny was mayor for a little while. Uh, Robert, again, as we talked earlier, is one of the pillars of our business community. Other issues? Other issues. One that's near and dear to me because of my background is the technical modernization of the chamber. Uh, and it doesn't mean we're going to get off our Rolodex and put those on some kind of electronic contact list. But it does mean things like how do we integrate uh, artificial intelligence? AI is the coming trend. Uh, and we're seeing it ingrained in so many activities. How do we introduce that to the benefit of our members? How do we introduce that to the benefit of the chamber? Uh, how do we leverage technology uh, to help our businesses? Things along membership growth, Rod, and things that we need to do. Revenue uh, stream. We, we still are a business, in a sense, not-for-profit, just like our other entities. And we've got to be able to have the revenue to be able to provide the programming. And your theme, Advocate for Business, Promote, Represent, and Serve. Uh, It's, again, a a group decision on how we came at that, but I think it hits on all the facets that we need to be accountable and responsible for delivering on as a chamber. And we got 30 seconds left. Uh, Douglas, last year when you were the board chair, you you decided to take on the helm of the Chamber of Commerce, run a small business. But uh, Jeff is not only doing that, you decided you were going to run for state auditor So we're going to talk about when we come back. You're running for a state office while you're chairman of the Chamber of Commerce. Stay with us on the other side of this break. You sure you don't want to run for something? <laughs> run away from something. Yeah, run away from something. <laughs> I'm sure. People um, have been asking me for years about uh, town council or getting involved in politics. And uh, I just don't have a desire for it. It's important to get build, involved. I'd rather build more businesses. <laughs> I've learned I'll put it. my two cents in whenever people ask me. I learned an important thing about myself when I served in Malden. 
I love campaigning. I get a real charge out of campaigning. I don't like serving. So. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> so I've I've helped a lot of candidates in their campaign, but I'm not a serve uh, elected official anymore. Sure. Those of you who are streaming with us, uh, thank you for staying with us. We're talking to Douglas Marion, Jeff Tart, Rod Beard. Um, we've talked about what Douglas got out of the Chamber of Commerce, his membership. You've had quite a few businesses just over the couple of years or a few years that that um, you've been involved with the Chamber of Commerce. Um, talk about what what are some of the businesses that you run, most healthcare oriented? Yeah, I, ca- I came out of the big six environment. I was a partner at Ernst & Young most of my career uh, and ran a national practice. So I lived on the road a bunch and interacted with people that were engaged with chambers all around the country. Uh, then I, a partner and I left, started our own firm. It was a data analytics firm, all healthcare clients, so hospitals all across the United States and in five foreign countries. Grew that, was acquired, uh, had another company, something similar. Again, we grew it to kind of a multinational, uh, multi-state level, uh, multi-million dollar businesses and were acquired and sold. So it's, uh, and the chamber's part of that and the network you have because the other advantage that you have as a membership, people don't always see is you've got mentors, built-in mentors, people who have done similar things, running a business day-to-day, again, making a payroll, cash flow issues, HR issues. You have people you can lean in, that you have confidence and trust in, and then they can share experiences so you're not reinventing the wheel every time. Rod, you're on the board of the Chamber of Commerce, but you you have a job, and that is being with Charlotte Payroll. (laughs) Explain a little bit about what is Charlotte Payroll, how many states are you involved in, and what do you do? Charlotte Payroll is, we're, we're in Kenton Place, by the way, in Cornelius. We, we didn't think Cornelius Payroll was impressive enough to, <laughs> for our audience. So we're Charlotte Payroll. We're the big time. And we're in Kenton Place. Everything is done in Cornelius. Everybody's here. Here, sure. uh, We do, we're your outsourcing agency. We do payroll. We do timekeeping. We do HR all in one system if you need those those services. And we're actually, even though everything is done here, we're in 37 states right now. Wow. It's all electronic, so it doesn't matter where the company mm-hmm. is. I've got clients all the way out to California. Wow. So uh, we're all over the place and growing. Those of you streaming with us, we're going back live on the radio in about 10 seconds. Thank you for being with us. Welcome back to Town Talk. We have Douglas Mary and the 2023 board chair of the Chamber of Commerce. Jeff Tart, who's going to be leading the Chamber of Commerce this year as our board chair, and Rod Beard, who is our membership chair. Uh, Douglas, uh, again, Advanced Wealth Strategies. Uh, the stock market has been extremely impressive in 2023. I don't think any of us saw that coming. Interest rates, a little high. Uh, there's been talk about a potential recession in 2024. What do, what do you see out there in terms of the market for 2024? I wish I had a crystal ball. <laughs> People have been talking about a recession for the last 24 months and just keeps getting pushed off and pushed off, which is why interest rates have remained extremely high from the Federal Reserve. Uh, it's been really, really good for savers. Uh, they're finally getting some interest on their money, but really, really bad for borrowers, uh, such as small businesses trying to get loans and financing, or uh, you know, homeowners for employees trying to get staff and mortgages and things like that. It's been really rough. Uh, the last three years in the market has been extremely unpredictable and volatile. Um, you know, in 2020, we had a the huge COVID crash, 34 to 37 percent in a month. Uh, no one thought it would rebound in five months. Um, historically, when the market's down that much, it takes four and a half to six and a half years to get back to break even. We did it in five months. We also had a federal government took a bazooka full of cash <laughs> and uh, sent it out into the economy, which which brought things back up from a market standpoint, but caused a ton of inflation. So uh, there's a big economist, John, uh, John Maynard, uh, uh, John Maynard Keynes. Keynes. Yeah, I was going to say Keynesian economy. Economics talking about prices being sticky. You know, you go to go to a restaurant three years ago, you could get a burger for seven, eight, nine bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now it's 15, 16, 17 bucks. Uh, even if prices come back down, they don't come back down quite as quickly. So some of those things where labor costs are, have gone way up, um, you know, I can't hire people, um, pay them, say, 20 bucks an hour and it goes up to 25 bucks an hour. And then all of a sudden I can't say, well, we're going to go back down to 20. It doesn't work that way. So we're starting to see the the fruition of a lot of those uh, production costs and labor shortages and all that kind of stuff where inflation stayed high for a long time, which is why we're seeing interest rates staying high for a long time. That's where the real talk around recessions coming up quicker and quicker, where uh, we most economists and analysts do believe we are going to have some type of recession 
potentially in the next six to 18 months. No one knows exactly when, um, because the economy is a lot more resilient than what most people thought, especially the Federal Reserve. So uh, 2023 was a great year in the market, but it was coming off of a terrible year in 2022. Uh, just last in the past week, stocks have finally come back up to where uh -huh. they were two years ago. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's it's fantastic because we're still at multiples that we were at two years ago. So it really comes down to, from a market standpoint, um, will we have a recession? It's likely we might have a, a light recession. I don't think it's going to be anything near as catastrophic as we saw in the early 2000s or in 2008, 2009. Um, <clears throat> but th things are slowing down. We've had 14 months of GDP uh, going negative. So um, it's very likely that uh, we're continuing to have slowing growth. When we look at the the ISM manufacturing index, it's below 50. Uh, when typically when that's below 50, things are contracting. So uh, I think we're going to continue to see contraction in 2024. And what that holds up for the stock market, I have no idea. Douglas, we've seen a decline in people's savings. I mean, a mm -hmm. lot more people are are living paycheck to paycheck, not really saving. Uh, what would you say to anybody? When is the best time to invest for somebody that might be in their 30s or 40s? The best time to save is yesterday, <laughs> uh, always. But you're right. Uh, the the average consumer is getting squeezed out at the moment. Credit card debt is at all time highs. Um, you know, the the dollar's just not going near as far, far as it used to. But people are still spending. Uh, what we just found in retail uh, is people are spending three three. I think it was three point eight percent more than they did last year. So people are still spending money. They're just putting it on a card. And a lot of people have this false sense of reality because real estate prices have gone up so much. They might say, well, I've got equity in my home. I'll just put it on my credit card. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah. Two basic principles, uh, you know, coming out of this world that you t it taught my kids and were taught to me. First is you pay yourself first, yeah. which is the savings. You just put back, whether it's $5 a week, uh, but try to set a small percentage to begin that savings. The next one, which is the hardest discipline, is to spend within your means. Uh, very difficult to do. But if you do those two things, and there's a whole litany of other rules, but for the 20s and 30-something that do that, the most important word in the English language, and it translates into a lot of others, uh, for building wealth, building independence financially, is the word compounding. Compounding interest is the key. And that means you have to invest on a regular basis, a small amount, even if it doesn't feel like it as much. But in 20, 30 years from now, it becomes a big number because of compounding. Douglas, you didn't take on an additional role like somebody we're going to talk about in just a minute with this state auditor thing, but uh, you do have a new venture coming up that you're launching. I think you met with the planning board, I think, maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago. Couple weeks ago. Uh, what is the new venture, and when do we see that coming in fruition? Uh, it'll be a family, um, small business. So uh, my wife and I, along with my brother and his uh, wife, uh, all got together, and we're launching um, a new brewery in downtown Cornelius called mm -hmm. Fruitful Roots Brewing. Uh, we acquired a property a couple of years ago, uh, talked about the downtown redevelopment of Cornelius, um, you know, the art center going in, the mills market going in, um, some connectivity. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be Fruitful Roots Brewing, and we're hoping to be uh, getting things off the ground uh, in the spring. Uh, Jeff, I've alluded to, we've danced all around it. I'm, I'm, I'm going down to the beach uh, about a month ago, right after our chamber board retreat, and I, I get this text from Dave Yoakum, do you have a comment on Jeff Tart? And I'm going like... Regarding what? <laughs> about him filing? Everybody's for, got a comment. <laughs> about him filing for state auditor. And I'm going, I'll get back to you. Um, you have filed for state auditor. Uh, again, this it's not a conflict with the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, nothing in the bylaws that says you can't do that. And as a matter of fact, um, we had a past board chair, Tricia uh, Sisson, who was uh, the chair of the Chamber of Commerce, ran for town board in Cornelius, was successful and got elected. So there's a president of being successful, Jeff, uh, yeah. if you decide to do this. But tell tell us, what is the state auditor and why did you decide to, to go for that? Well, first of all, when I announced that I was going to do this at home, my wife asked that I get an MRI to see if I have a brain tumor. Um, but the state auditor is responsible for, uh, Bill described it really well, it's kind of the traffic cop for the financial status of the state. 
the auditor has two primary responsibilities, to audit financials and to investigate uh, that monies are being spent efficiently, effectively, and, and with efficacy where they're supposed to be. They also is responsible for identifying and calling out fraud and waste. Uh, the auditor's office will get involved with compliance issues. So like, are the towns doing the roles they're supposed to? Are they violating open meeting laws? That was one recent report of one community. But the audits are, are the primary focus in terms of both financial audits and operational audits. Um, and it's important to, that we have somebody that's done that. That's coming out of the environment I have in the big six, doing a lot of M&A work, contract work, IT work. This is my background. This is what I've done for a living. I, I was telling Justin before we started the show that I, I felt like you were spot on for this because you're very analytical, and I mean that in a very positive way. But uh, talk about those qualification, qualifications. You were just getting into it. What makes you qualified for that position? Sure. Well, I think it, it, it's oversimplified. It's I know how government operates, being inside both at a municipality and at the state legislature, how things get accomplished, how they get done, writing a $33 billion budget and being responsible for delivering that. On the business side, running two businesses on my own and being part of a $45 billion business that had 400,000 employees and being a partner. I understand running a, uh, a large organization and the complexity, but most specifically because of working in the big six and the consulting world and the accounting world, it, it is doing the exact work. We did operational audits. We did functional reviews. We did operational reviews, risk assessment, doing looking at financial sheets and uh, making sure that independent financial audits were actually performed uh, in a timely fashion. They're independent. They're thoughtful. They're fact-based fact, fact -based and fact-oriented. Um, that's the state auditor's responsibility across every single entity that receives state funds. Douglas, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, 27 years ago or 28 years ago, we created Leadership Lake Norman. Uh, ten, just about 10 years ago, we created the Young Professionals, both organizations to try to nurture and create the future business leaders of our Chamber of Commerce, but of our community, our civic organizations. You're someone who got involved in the very front end of the Young Professionals went through Leadership Lake Norman and became board chair of the Chamber of Commerce. Talk about the importance of our Leadership Lake Norman program and the Young Professionals. We've got about a minute. Sure. Uh, we helped launch the Lake Norman Young Professionals, like you said, about 10 years ago or so. I was involved with that. <clears throat> uh, went to all the meetings. We uh, helped really shape, um, shape that into a, a viable organization that still exists today. And it's very active, by the way. Um, then did Leadership Lake Norman, I guess, about five years ago. I believe it was. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, I think that's a, an amazing program, specifically for the Lake Norman region, because it plugs people into the community. There's a lot of transplants here. I would garner to guess maybe 95% of the people that are here are not from here. So leadership Lake Norman gets them plugged into the community, the businesses, the towns, uh, how things operate, and just uh, gets to know a lot of the people in a very close-knit group of uh, business leaders and community leaders. Douglas, I enjoyed working with you as board chair and looking forward to working with you this coming year. Uh, we got less than 60 seconds. Last business book you read? Last business book I read was 5,000 Years. It's the title of it. And it's the business of putting together and constructing the United States of America and how our founding fathers put us together and the principles that drove that. Douglas? It was The Power of Zero. It's how to get to the 0% tax bracket. <laughs> Rod Baird. As a salesman, you can negotiate anything. Mm, That's a wonderful book. book. Good book. Uh, last business book was Stop the Blame Game, Nonprofit Blame Game by Hardy Smith. But the last book I read over Christmas break was Charlie Chaplin versus America. Great book. Uh, I enjoyed reading that. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I'm, I look forward to working with you this coming year, you, Rod Beard. If it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about Our Towns on Town Talk. We'll see you next week. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.